Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. We got a lot to talk about. So let's talk about it. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and I and we are hyped up. Let's talk some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails to today at gmail.com, the website rayandtaytoday.com. Got some good interviews on there. Check it out. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're on YouTube. Uh, where else, right? We're everywhere, man. Pinterest, I don't know. Just just look for us, okay? <laughs> Google anyway. Plus, we're everywhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Google Plus, yeah, definitely. And also iTunes. iTunes, you can check out all of the back episodes. It's really nice for those who uh, want to catch up. If you happen to miss us, put us in your uh, headphones, check out the podcast, and uh, go running and jogging. Exercise array and tape. We keep you hyped up. So busy Monday, a manic Monday, as I like to call it. So much going on. NFL, college football, our new segment, and we've got NBA. Ray, let's start off the field, man. Wow, wow, wow. Missouri players threaten to protest, well, kind of protest and threaten to not practice this week and not play this Saturday against BYU at Arrowhead Stadium because of racial issues and many incidents on the campus of Missouri, backing the, I guess, the African-American students there. One kid had a hunger strike going and the president resigned today. That's, that's, uh, this is like the old 60s and 70s on college campuses. What do you think? You're right. And it tells you that we think about sports as a distraction, but it's amazing at what big business sports is and what kind of influence sports can have. Because if this were just a little bit of upheaval and up, you know, uh, uh, kind of a negative statement on a university campus, I'm not sure that this wouldn't have just blown over. Look, I'm not in Columbia, Missouri, so I don't know exactly what's happening there, but you can believe that the fuel that was added to the fire when the football team said, we're not going to play. People were like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. This is, you know, this is big time. We got conference issues. We got, we got money issues. This is real. So forget about the real underlying issues, which I'm sure uh, that's the real issue here, right? What's happening in Columbia, Missouri, on the campus, and that's for a different show, right? We can talk about that. But for this show where we're talking about sports, it's pretty amazing how sports now becomes part of a university's, you know, kind of discussion about racial issues. And it's amazing the power that the sports team and the sports, you know, the spotlight was shed on this issue. So good for them. You know, get get to the bottom of this because something's wrong. You know, some, something's got to be changed there you know, at Missouri on that campus specifically. And, and the football players in no, you know, uh, you know, in no short order, they shed light on this. Yeah. I don't know if you heard the financials. They basically saved $750,000 by keeping this game going. Okay. So for anybody that questions who runs universities, it's the football team, just so you know. <laughs> wow. That's a lot, Ray. Yeah, that's a lot of money. They would have. They would be. I don't know if there were fines. I don't know if they would have had to pay money back or whatever. But yeah, that that's a big deal. And and they were going to boycott all the games from now until the end of the season. Yeah, that's that's pretty serious. So listen, heck, I say kudos to the kids because football players, uh, young college students. You know, we were college students once, and you know, you you do have power. And I think it's the time in life to express yourself, to, you know, stand up and say yay or nay for your beliefs or whatever, 
or injustice and what's right and wrong. So kudos to them. Speaking of a lot of wrong, and we'll segue this into football and Sunday night football, but Greg Hardy, we don't want to talk much about it, but he did do his little tweeting, two tweets on Saturday night, and they addressed it a lot on Sunday everywhere, especially NBC with the Eagles-Cowboys game. I'll say this, you know, Jerry Jones' daughter works for them, for the Cowboys, and, you know, it's not just the pictures, but to me, you can't consider this guy a leader in the locker room or anything. You want to say a leader, it's Jason Witten who has, because he's, he went through domestic violence himself, he has an organization helping victims, stuff like that. That's a leader. I think I'm disappointed in sort of the hyperbole that's come out of Jerry Jones is supporting Greg Hardy, and he needs to just be like, I want him as a football player, and I believe he deserves a second chance. Don't try to say anything else but that. And his statements were kind of weak saying, oh, I'm going to try to, you know, from this point on, you know, do better in my life and da-da-da, and I'm just so happy to be back in the NFL. Well, of course you are. Of course you are. That's all I have to say. I, I think it's not worth saliva. Not worth saliva? Wow, you're keeping that saliva kind of tight. No, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, enough. This guy is getting too much press and too much media for for really just negative incidents off the field and, and uh you know, on the field is a great player, but at the end of the day, you, you have to bring a balance in life. You know, you, you can't just be a great player on the field and we look the other way off the field. So, yeah, let's move on. Definitely. Well, let's move on to Sunday Night Football and NFL Week 9, Ray. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. DeMarco Murray got a little bit of the EPMD, the big payback. That fourth quarter and overtime, he looked alive. Had some great carries. The Eagles went right down the field with the ball, scored the touchdown. People could debate if they want to switch the overtime rules. I heard some people crying about that. It is what it is, and I think I like it, whatever. But interesting game. Castle, that interception, killed, killed the Cowboys. And, you know, Ray, I give it to you. You called it not one. You said not one win. And it, they are 0-6 without Tony Romo and, you know, continued to lose without Des Bryant as well. Hey, Dez did his part. Heck of a catch in the end zone. The way he exploded and jumped up and caught that ball, I was like, wow, Dez, that's a man. That's a grown man. What was your thought and your feel of the game? I, I'm not so impressed with Philadelphia, but, you know, it's like win in advance, survive in advance, and the Giants still lead the NFC East. But what, what were your thoughts of the game and the Eagles' victory? So if you're an Eagles fan, you got to think to yourself, we got out of there. We didn't really outplay them for 60 minutes or what would it be, 61 minutes, 62 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but we did enough to win. And you know what? We're within striking distance of the Giants, one game behind the Giants for the division lead. So even though we're playing terribly at times, we have a chance to win this division. And you know what? DeMarco Murray's starting to look better and better. And yeah. to the Eagles' defense, that Chip Kelly craziness and the endurance and eating a certain way and training a certain way, it showed itself in the fourth quarter in overtime. Dallas couldn't stop the run. It was DeMarco left, DeMarco right, throwing a little bit of Ryan Matthews, and the Cowboys couldn't stop them. And part of that is Chip Kelly and his training and the high-tempo offense and the limiting substitutions and so forth. So if you're the Eagles, you're pretty happy with this. If you're the Cowboys, you are, again, frustrated. Two and six. This is one of the worst starts ever in Cowboy history. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of finger-pointing. And internal conflict, you know, the defense, the offense. Castle actually played a decent game, threw three touchdowns, two of them to Cole Beasley. That's be easy. That's the new be easy right there. <laughs> so, you know what? If you're the Cowboys, you had you won this game, you could have been in striking distance of the Giants because you would have put another L on the on the Eagles. That would have been two, and you would have won all the tiebreakers against them. But but if you're the Cowboys, you got to start thinking about next year. You got to start thinking about drafting. You got to start thinking about you know Greg Hardy. You got to start so thinking about that secondary. So you don't think at all they could run the table, Ray, and make it ten and six? No, 
No, I don't think and, so. Tony Romo's not back. Tony Romo's not healthy. Not and nine and nine seven. And seven eh, the Giants are five and four already. So you know, nine and seven, you have a chance. Eight and eight probably doesn't make because you're not going to get a wild card, right? You have to win this division. So, although you know, with Atlanta falling apart, we'll talk about that. Well, later. we'll talk about but, that exactly. <laughs> you know, I never, I never believed in Atlanta. I told you they weren't that good. No, 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 uh, no. But you know what? Cowboys aren't making the playoffs. That's that's the bottom line. Okay. Well, let's move on. How about those Colts, ladies and gentlemen? You know, look, I thought the Broncos would win. The Sheriff was three yards short. He didn't get the yardage or the win record, you know, to pass Brett Favre. I thought it might happen. But kudos to Rob Chudzinski, the OC, getting the ball out quicker. T.Y. Hilton for stepping up and messing up people's fantasy lineups, but deciding – I'm a man, and I'm going to play hurt and being somewhat effective, getting Bradshaw and Gore in the end zone and running, and sort of changing the philosophy, jumping on that 17-point lead when they normally start off games from behind. And I think the Colts, they've got the Broncos' number. I think they were 3-0 and in their last three times they played them. And they – I don't know. I think this was a season-saving victory for them. Not a big deal for the Broncos. Tlaib, you can't do that with Allen. He suspended one game. He's going to try to appeal it. He's like, oh, I wasn't trying to get him an eye. Whatever, dude. You, that was dirty. That was Bush League. You can't do that. And, um, you know, I'm happy for the Colts. I still don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but their defense played better. And, listen, what they did is that, you know this, they, they ate, you know, the extra man in the box so they couldn't run the ball. And then they're up. Their corners are good. Davis and Butler and everybody, they're up on the receivers because they know Manning can't take them deep. That can't happen against other rosters, though, Ray. So the Colts' defense, it works against Denver, but not necessarily against everybody else. So kudos to the Colts for a big win. You know, I'll I'll give them props for that, and not too big of a loss for the Broncos. No, I don't think so. I think the Broncos were humbled a little bit being down so much early. But the Colts, you know, they couldn't put them away. So kudos to the Broncos for coming back. They did come uh, back. You're right. Right. You did, you're right, though. Indianapolis needed this win much more than the Broncos did. And I think I still think, despite the ups and downs of this Colts team, they're still probably the overwhelming favorites to win that AFC South, which is, you know, a terrible division. Right, and they could do that in 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. That's not eight and eight. anything to write home about. But if you want to write home – you have got to write home, and we both have got to start with, I'm sorry, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Talk to me, man. I mean, okay, look, this was an ugly 17-16 win, the 49ers over the Falcons in San Francisco, 15 for 25, 185 yards, but two touchdowns, even with the two INTs. But Blaine Gabbert, he moved the ball. They they kind of – it was a weird – you know, it was just a weird, ugly game. You know, he shows that he's athletic. He had, what, 30, 34 yards of rushing, so he was running the ball. He's their leading rusher. I mean, he's doing a little bit of everything. This kid Gaskins was trying to do something. He couldn't get anything going but only 20 yards rushing. So the Niners, you don't even understand how they won this game. And, you know, Pierre Thomas got, got some burn. But shame on the Falcons, Ray. And you were right. I'll let you break that down. But shame on them. But at the same time, it's like, are they false? You know, are they false prophets? But are they also not so healthy either? But Julio still got 137 with 10 receptions. Right. What, A what little bit of Matt Ryan and, and what Matt they're Ryan and Devontae Freeman were there. Devontae Freeman had 12 carries for 12 yards. So he got shut down. Matty Ice, again, drove the ball. Caught a ball, though. Caught a ball for 67 yards. So Yeah. Matty yeah. Ryan drove the team. I, it's like this team has become now a 30, like Bill Simmons, 30 for 30. You know, they moved <laughs> the ball from the 30 to the 30, <laughs> and they can't do that much after that. But right. you know what? San Francisco really needed this win. They have a little bit of a question mark as, you know, Blaine Gabbert, 15 for 25, 185, two touchdowns, two interceptions, like you said. Does that mean he starts next week or not? 
Tom Sulo has a decision to make. He's going to have this decision every week. It's almost like Ohio State all over again, except that Ohio State's undefeated. <laughs> so at least people are going back more. to JT. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, but but like we've always said, or, or at least you and I think, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. So yeah. you know, State might prove it a little different. I guess I guess they had years ago. You know, Urban Meyer had Chris Leak and Tim Tebow and won a national championship, but ultimately. You need stability at that position, and um, you know we'll see what the Niners do. But but good for them to win at home, uh, exposing the Falcons a little bit. You know it's it's ironic that this Falcons team that was just so explosive on offense the last three four years has now won a game. What was that game against? Uh, was it ten nine and lost oh, yeah. the game sixteen seventeen uh, sixteen? So this offensive juggernaut has really become, you know, statistically they still do fine. So in your fantasy teams, you always look for who the old Ryan, 303 yards. Yeah, Devontae know? Freeman, like you said, catch if you get a PPR league and, he, and he's got, uh, you know, he's been killing it on the ground. But, but there, something's missing. They're not clicking on offense, especially in the red zone. They're not scoring. So yeah. that they're, and, and they're in trouble because, uh, I mean, not in trouble, but they're, they're probably not going to win that division just because, you know, they got some tough, they got some tough teams in that division. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but, you know, Atlanta Falcons still have a lot to prove to me, even though they're six and three. You know, I could see them not making the playoffs if they mess around and 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 go on a losing streak of you know three out of five. Right, they're definitely still in the wild card hunt in the NFC. Let's go back to the AFC and some of the earlier games. We had a little classic '70s battle. My Steelers survived. I'll be one to admit it. Thirty-eight, thirty-five. Sad Ben is out at least two to four weeks. A lot of reports are saying four, but, you know, the Browns and then a bye week, he could come back for the Seattle game. Uh, Mid-foot sprain, whatever that is, foot hurts. That's not fun. Um, I'm impressed with Oakland. I thought that they would score and give us a battle. I'm also impressed with this Steelers defense, and, and I told you with Tua, Tua came back, but him and Hayward and then the linebackers, and then the young guys on the back end are getting experience. They have the speed. But when they need stops and they need big plays, they're, they've been doing it all season. And it's just a shame that we've been so hurt. And I don't know if we can overcome this one again. But let's applaud Ray's man, Brown Sugar, baby. D'Angelo Williams got bisms, Ray. What he dropped? Like 170. Antonio Brown, 284, 17 receptions. I mean, that is video game stats, fantasy football stats, absurd. Crabtree and Cooper got busy. Murray, not so much. But at the end of the day, Derek Landry, Carr had four touchdowns. Yeah, Derek Carr, too. But at the end of the day, Landry Jones held the Steelers to get that victory. And Tomlin's yeah, right. doing now, I need to cut you off, though, because Go ahead. Go ahead. you're a Steelers fan, and you're impressed with the defense that gives up 35 points at home? Wait, Ray. Okay, okay, that's fair. No, no, that's fair. But be honest, overall this season, the Steelers' defense has played pretty well. And guess what? We're 5-4 and four partially because of the fact that we've been able to stay in games with our defense. That's all. I guess. But on this day, they had – you had – Several fantasy studs. Ben being <laughs> one know, of them before he got hurt. D'Angelo yeah. Williams, Brown Sugar Babe, Antonio Brown, but they did too. Derek oh. Carr, even Murray, who didn't have a great game, ran for 96 yards. And of course, I Michael Crabtree came. Hey, hey, wait, wait. Don't rain on my parade. We got the W. Let's keep it you moving. Let's go to New York. I'll move on, but, but you can't, you can't be that excited about the defense last <laughs> Hey, Hank told me the same thing. He's like, calm down. So, look, 28-23, the one thing I'll say, props to the Jets and Fitzpatrick and, and Marshall and Ivory. You know, they, they're getting it done. But, Ray, uh, let's be honest. Bradley, he's got a, a rough way to go, Gus Bradley. And the Jaguars, I applaud them because they fight every single week. They, we all know them in Tennessee, the roster's just not there yet. It's a couple years away. But they didn't win, but they play to win the game, and I'm, and I'm happy for them. you got to like Bortles, Herms, Robinson, Yeldon. It's a good start to a nucleus, 
And that's, that's all you need to say. This was, you know, Jets took care of it. They did what they had to do. Got some interceptions, turnovers on Bortles, you know, that's it. No, that's that's about what you can conclude here. The Jaguars are going to be a decent team on offense. They are, you know, just a one year's experience away from being, you know, a a cohesive unit. They've got Julius Thomas, the two Allens. Uh, If T.J. Yeldon turns out to be a player, then you know what? They've got a nice young nucleus with Blake Portals. So this team is all right, and the Jets really needed this victory because if the Jets lose this, People start to question Todd Bowles. People start to say, oh, they're a 4-4 four four team. Oh, my goodness. And and now, despite the quarterback instability, despite the fact that, you know, Marshall was uh, is playing banged up and Decker missed some games, the Jets are looking like a good team. So so I think that this was one of those where you had to win it, and they did. So so I'll take my hat off to the Jets. It was probably too close for comfort in, in the Jets camp, but – Ultimately, they took care of business and, and did what they had to do. Yeah, and basically, you can say, and we'll get to it in a minute before we got this uh, Viking Ram game, but basically, you can say the AFC wild card is going to be a battle between four teams Jets, Raiders, Steelers, and Bills. So, you know, game on, and you got to look at their schedules, health, and, and how things go the rest of the season. But if I gave you two numbers, one is 89, and the other is 125. Which running back do you think got which in the Vikings' win over the St. Louis Rams? Ooh, well, we Old said. Player, right? <laughs> exactly. We said Todd Gurley, man, is the hot running back, and he's the stud that everybody's talking about. But you know what? Adrian. Had to show him, right? Adrian hey. said, look, young buck. I was the young buck once, and it wasn't that long ago. But let me ask you this. First of all, I don't think the young kid, the hit on Teddy B, Teddy, they call him Teddy Two Gloves. I love that. I don't think the hit was dirty. He did try to slow up. Uh, you know, Chris Carter was explaining this morning to Mike and Mike, and I, and I like that insight that these kids know each other and they're actually friends from, you know, from Florida, from Miami or whatever. And he wasn't, you know, wasn't, um, he's not a bad kid or a malicious player, wasn't trying to come at him. But then people start questioning Greg Williams which is fair because of Greg Williams' history. And listen, we've watched the Rams the last two years, Ray. They pushed the, they pushed the edge. They, they, they put their toe in the water and passed the line and, and stuff like that. But was this, a, was this a sort of a loss where now the Rams will kind of fade away into 7-9ville and nine-ville probably, and the Vikings are clearly tied with the Packers now and right in the hunt for the title and – for the uh, wild card. And they play the Packers twice, and it's also week 17 is their last matchup. So that's going to be fun, right? Yeah, I'm not that high on the Vikings, uh, especially, I mean, with Teddy Bridgewater and especially without Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, he's so going to be I okay. They said he, he'll, be, he'll play next week. He'll be fine. He'll, he'll, he'll pass. He woke up with no headache. He went out to dinner last night. His birthday Tuesday. They said uh, he's, he's doing okay. All right. Well, the Vikings are – a decent team. I think they're not really six and two material, so I don't think they'll be a twelve and four team. I think they'll end up ten and six, something like that. You know, okay. contention for that wild card. Listen, they're record. doing it. No, no, I, I give it to them. them. A little bit with smoke and mirrors, but yeah, they're doing it. And and that defense, Zimmer has that deep playing well. And it was interesting that that Zimmer, a defensive coordinator, was the one who, in his press conference, yeah. called out, called them out, not by name, but by position. <laughs> He said Woo! the defensive coordinator over there has been known to do some shady things. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. In terms of the Rams, you know, again they play in uh, a rough rider neighborhood. So if you're, if you're, if you've got a game where you can win, you got to win that game because you still have right. Seattle and you still have, uh, you know, you Arizona. still have Arizona to play. So. Yeah, I, I'm not sure the Rams are doing much this year in terms of playoffs, but you know what? They found themselves wait, wait, early. Help is on the way. They, help is on the way. They just signed Wes Welker. Stedman Bailey is out four games for, uh, you know, PEDs or whatever use, substance abuse. That's not good, Stedman. But uh, Wes Welker was signed by the Rams today. How do you think? What do you like about that? Do you think he has look, anything any, left? I, I have no idea because we haven't seen him <laughs> in, in, in a couple of years or a year and a half. But yeah. 
at the end of the day, he's a veteran. And even if he rubs off a little bit on Kenny Britt, on Kendricks, on Tavon Austin, yeah, uh, you know, even Jared Cook, Brian Quick, you know, these guys, if, if they can get something from, from Wes, and remember, Wes was catching 120 passes before it was cool to catch that many. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, he passed the torch from Marvin Harrison. You know, he just yeah. started just catching triple digits. So, you know what, he's got to at least be able to do- donate something off the field and, and, and route running, and, and especially for the slot receivers. So, you know, it can't be bad. Yeah. Well, let's keep it moving. Listen, this was just discussing our friend and caller to the show. Hank has no words. 33-17, Buffalo sweeps the Dolphins. We'll predict the Thursday night game going to New York where, you know, Rex returns to the Jets. But I think they put their ring that they're back in the wild card, right? You said it. Once the team gets healthy, watch out for them. Tyrod Taylor wasn't great, but he was good. Sammy Watkins was exceptional. Shady McCoy, Carlos Williams, really good. And the defense showed themselves. Miami, yuck, 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 yuck. I have nothing else to say. So disappointing. Yeah, Jekyll and Hyde. You know what? This Buffalo team is pretty good when they're healthy. Um, It looks like Carlos Williams is healthy, but now Shady McCoy is not. So uh, Sammy Watts, Sammy Watts, back. (laughs) And this is why he was the number one, number two pick. He played uh, like a number one receiver, right? Yeah, he, he sure did. And your boy Tyrod Taylor looks good. So he's uh, he's a much better quarterback than than uh, than your boy from Florida State, EJ Manuel. So you know what, Buffalo's probably not going to do it this year, but they might be onto something next year. I still think they're going to be in the wild card race, though. I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out of that. But let's move on to New Orleans because Tennessee. First of all, can we just applaud Delaney Walker? Because this guy catches everything, Ray. He caught a ball between two uh, Saints, um, Saints defenders trying to pick it off and fumbling it. He, he catches everything. He catches two-point conversions. I didn't play him. I was sick to my stomach. This dude is freaking awesome. And Mariota, wow, I was really impressed. I mean, to win that game and over time to do what they did, in New Orleans, which has become an easier place to win, let's be fair. But that was that was a good win for a team that's playing for Mike Malarkey, interim head coach. And um, you know, you gotta knock the Saints down. They they don't really want this they can't win the division because the Panthers are the best team in the NFC right now, but they don't even want to play in the playoffs, right? And that's the disappointing part. You know, with Tennessee, you give them all the kudos in the world. They went in there and took care of business. But if you're New Orleans, you Uh, used to have one of the best home field advantages. You used to be able to have people scared to come in (laughs) to the, what are they calling it now, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. They got too too flossy, huh? They got too flossy, right? Yeah, I don't know if they got too flossy, but I just – just you know what? It's like they've never recovered from that uh, that season with Greg Williams and and Breeze and and uh, you know uh, uh, everybody being suspended and, and that whole controversy and Jonathan Vilma. So you know what? This, this team, I hate to say it, and then they do the they do the Graham trade. This team might have to get broken up um, because th- this was a team that at least had a home field advantage and had an identity, and now they're just another team. Well, remember, and, we spoke about Sean Payton. He says, I'll stay there, but maybe he won't, Ray. Maybe he just won't. So let's, let's keep it moving. Giants get a big win. We'll save the two big, uh, bigger undefeated teams for last. Giants win over Tampa. Look, Jameis is, is, is playing better. Tampa's just – the roster's not there yet. They're like Jacksonville and Tennessee. And the Giants needed this win. Good win on the road. JPP is back. Uh, good for him. Thank goodness for Giants fans because they had they had the worst pass rush in the league. Thirty-two points. Uh, were you impressed with the Giants? I felt like the game was a weird game anyway, too. Yeah, you, you know? know what? This is just win in advance. Uh, yeah. JPP is back. Giants go to five and four. They open up a one-game advantage. Um, they did enough. Odell Beckham was there. Eli Manning had his two interceptions, a little disappointing. But the one thing I learned is that there's a manimal on the other side named Mike Evans. Uh, this guy is just – he dropped a couple balls. He could have had 200 yards. 
He does drop. He does drop them. Yeah. He drops a few. I mean, he. But a lot of them are are, are fighting in traffic. You know what I mean? They're not d- d- very easy he's balls. Very but talented. Though. Very for him, he's very talented. But yeah, you know what? Giants win in advance. Just win in advance and and, and go take care of that division. And not much to say about the Patriots. You feel bad. Goodness, this guy just got a two-year uh, contract, so he got some money. Good for him. But Deion Lewis tears the ACL. Real sad for the kid because he just, you know, got back and got picked up with the Patriots and is on the scene playing amazing. So now we'll see if Bolden could fill his role to go with uh, Blunt. They win, twenty, you know, 27-10. The Redskins drop everything. Jay Gruden, Kirk Cousins, Pierre Gasson, I, Alfred Morris, what happened to you? I, there's not much to say. Your boys got to sell the team. I think they're cursed. I don't know if the Redskins will ever figure this out, and I, I don't know what they need to do, Ray. I just don't know. I don't know. But the Patriots keep it, keep it going. <laughs> yeah, the Patriots are playing like they've got a chip on their shoulder like everybody stole their lunch money last year and they're trying to make up for it. And it's funny because they're the defending champs. You would think that they would have a down year, maybe go 10 and six and, 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 and try LaFell to rekindle the, the ball, play. right? He, he stopped his drop season. Brandon LaFell actually played pretty good. Yeah, he did. He did. And they need Edelman. him. I think ultimately, you know, Edelman is, is a small guy and Gronk is uh you know, can be double teamed. So you're going to have to have that third guy. But Deion Lewis goes down. So you're a little bit worried if you're, a, if you're a Patriot fan. Well, Garrett Blunt's going to take a lot of the running. But Deion Lewis was magnetic. MC's dynamic. He was magnetic, uh, dynamic, and um, they're going to miss him. A little, a little hammock. <laughs> Look at that maggot go. <laughs> they're going to miss uh, him. Now, saving the best for last, Ray. Wow, wow, wow. Cam Newton, Panthers, Ron Rivera. I'll talk about you guys more later. 37-29. Yes, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers tried to come back. And, yes, they lost two in a row to two undefeated teams. So you can't really knock that. You can knock Eddie Lacy. Starks basically is going to take his spot. Yeah, he hurt the groin, but he was hurting them. On, uh, Devontae Adams did good. Cobb, okay. But they – they seem to get like a first down or two and then they get stuck. They seem to, you know, get rushed. And then Aaron, you know, I, I, I don't know if the receivers just aren't getting open. You know, you need to watch the, the 22 film, all 22, but it, it's really, it's not looking great. It's looking okay. Good. And they're trying to be a great team. So they got to fix some things. I'll just say that. And, and like you said, you said it to me off air, they really miss Jordy Nelson, and you're 100% right. Kudos to the Panthers. The fact that they can score 37 points, Ray, because we both said on Friday we didn't think they'd be able to score that much. You were like, I don't know how they score even on a halfway decent Packer defense. But 37, Ray, they just do it. Thank goodness Josh Norman wasn't hurt. And the Panthers, uh, 8-0. 8-0. That team is good. That team is good. And I got to give them credit because they're finding ways to win. They're playing from ahead. They're playing from behind. The D's playing. The offense is scoring. Cam Newton's playing with with, with leadership and and touch on the ball. And good for them. Credit goes to those guys. They are definitely doing their thing. So I have to write them an apology letter. I mean, they're the class of the NFC right now. They really are. So let's talk about tonight, man. The Bears, oh, the poor Bears. Chicago fans, I know, two and five against two and five. ESPN's like, can we uh, switch out of this game? And the Chargers, you know, they got more injuries than you know than, than you could even imagine. And I gotta say, it's actually gonna probably be an exciting game to watch. It's just that it's only for fantasy. For real life, these teams are going nowhere. They're doing nothing. But for fantasy, there's probably a lot riding on this because guys probably have a lot of these players active. You got Gates. You got Rivers. You got, you know, Woodhead. You might have Gordon. You have maybe a Forte's going. Different receivers. Jeffrey, the tight ends, Bennett and Gates and who are Green. It's just a lot. I would say at the end of the day, the Chargers will outscore the Bears. And 
I'll say 27-26. Late field goal, Chargers win. You know what? This is a game of two teams going nowhere. So <laughs> who's going to do better? I don't know. But you know what? Phillip Rivers has consistently been been really good this year. Now, his guy Keenan Allen isn't there. But you know what? I think Melly Mel, Melvin Gordon, is going to step up at some point, and maybe this is the game he does it. Chicago Bears really at two and six are playing for nothing. San Diego's also two and six, so maybe they get a chance to, you know, right the ship a little bit, save a little bit of grace at home. They may be leaving San Diego. I mean, who knows what's happening over there? But. I like Phillip Rivers to put up some big numbers. I don't think Jay Cutler is going to match him. I think that uh, Chargers end up winning 31-24. Oh, yeah. Fantasy give me a fantasy stud. Yeah, yeah. I'll give a fantasy stud Alshon Jeffrey, actually, in a losing cause because he'll be behind. He'll get a lot of balls thrown his way. And like Mike Evans, he's a big dude and a stud receiver. So he will get his uh, 10 catches for 120 and maybe a touchdown. I'll say Gates, about 14 targets, maybe nine, eight catches, two touchdowns, probably uh, 95 yards. I'll go with Gates. Now, Thursday night, before we get to our new segment, we got the Buffalo Bills coming to the Jets. This is, uh, you know, the battle for second place in the AFC East, the wild card battle. This is, uh, this is what it's all about. I, I think – Rex is going to want to stick it to the Jets so bad that he might overthink it, overcoach it, try to get too cute with some of his designs and blitzes. And I think at the end of the day, the Jets are healthy enough that they'll be able to win a close game. But I think the Bills, they're going to come and pack their lunch. If they really believe in Rex, they'll play hard for him. I'll say uh, there'll be some points. Both good defenses, but, uh, you know, a little bit of points. I'll just say uh, 26-24 Jets. Tight game. All right. You know what? The Jets are figuring out a way to win. They've been beating the teams they should beat. This Buffalo team is actually pretty good. So they'll give the Jets a run for the money. I think Carlos Williams is, is, is a very good player. But if LaShawn McCoy's out, I mean, he's he's – the class of the running back position still. Um, uh, I'm not sure that those wide receivers are going to have the field day that they had last week against Arivas Island. Yeah, Sammy's uh, not going to be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> so I like the Jets also. I like the Jets in a close battle. Uh, I don't think that, that either team can score as much as you think, so I think the Jets are going to win 23-17. Okay, we both got to get fantasy stud. Who who you got? My fantasy stud is going to be the Jets defense. I think they're going to hold Buffalo to 17. They're going to sack uh your boy Tyrod three, four times and maybe even get an interception. Um, I'll say Chris Ivory. Two touchdowns, 93 yards. I think uh the Bills as great as their defense is. I want to say that the Rams and the Bills as great as their defenses are. You can run on both of them. I'm kind of surprised. Same with Miami. This, all this talent on the defensive line, I'm shocked that these teams, you can run on them so easily. So Chris Ivory is my guy. Uh, Christopher Ivory <laughs> is my fantasy stud. So we got a new segment, and it's something different, a little bit of fun. We take a topic or two, you know, depending on whatever we feel like doing. And Ray gets to, you know, let loose and give his, his Ray's rough rant. And then Tay comes on with something that might be a little tricky, but I, I just like a challenge. And it'll be Tay's tough take. And I'm just going to go off the top and spit a rhyme and freestyle some sports for you. So it'll be kind of fun, uh, a little different, and it's kind of quick and hard hitting. And it'll be kind of passionate. So, Ray, I'm a start the timer the music will come on and you intro it and and knock it out man let's do it all right here we go 
So my rough friend is about Tony Romo. That's right, Tony Romo, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody's punching bag. They used to beat up on him for three straight seasons. The Cowboys were eight. And then the Cowboys go to 12-4, and four and they say, well, the Cowboys have a great defense, and Des Bryant is coming into his own, and they're winning in spite of Tony Romo. And trade Tony Romo, and he's not clutch, and he doesn't win playoff games. But you know what? Tony Romo is a heck of a player. If you need some stats, Tony Romo has the second highest QB rating of all time. It goes Rodgers, Romo, Young, Manning, and Brady. That's a nice neighborhood to be in. So Tony Romo can be my quarterback any day of the week, twice on Sunday. And this guy needs to get more credit for being an elite quarterback. You know who's not elite? The Dallas Cowboys. They call themselves America's team. They're not America's team. Last Super Bowl was in 95. Since 95, the Patriots have gone to seven Super Bowls, winning four of them. So the real America's team is in Gillette Stadium with seven Super Bowl appearances and four victories. So you know what? Tony Romo is the man. Cowboys are not America's team. They're still my team, but they're not America's team. Must speak. Yalla bye. Ah, I like it. I like it. I like it. All right, we heard the buzzer. Ray's rant is done. Ray, I'm going to let you, can you uh, start the clock for me? So that way I can focus and get myself ready. And you let me know when you're ready to to rock with it. All right, so we're ready. Are you ready? Take a deep breath because you got to get a little sip of water. All right, right. let's do it, man. All right, let's do it. Three, two, one. Boom. Uh, so taste tough cake fits like this. Last year, the Panthers were 7 8 and 1. They won their division in the playoffs, my son. They advanced and they lost in Seattle. But don't you understand this year, they won a battle. Bring the rattle and ring the alarm because Cam Newton is a man bringing the charm. And Ray said it's the other week. And the sun is Terrell, it ain't hard to tell. A little bit like knives, we don't take a dive. They handle the Packers and they said they're not alive. Huh, damn, 297. Three touchdowns, you're taking them to heaven. Eat it old, you don't need to know. Spent a year ago, you know. Easily made storm and it's forming. And understand Jared Allen is a warning. Coming around trying to sack the quarterback. The running back, Stewart, he got no lack. Because it went to Steelers, yo But the camp now They love to go With Jericho, Country And Bunch of Beanie It's okay without Metroid They got Tolbert And they're scoring, you see And Ron Rivera does it so naturally Watch out the Panthers Super Bowl, yo The road comes through them So you need to know uh, That's how it go Damn new and with the flow Give you the props When the beat stops I want you Nice. <laughs> I like Woo. that. There you go, Cam. I had to give you your props to the Panthers, man. That's it. Let's do it, man. That was fun. College football. Ray, tomorrow, 7 p.m., we'll be glued. We'll talk about this weekend, but we also got to see what, talk about what the AP said. So just real quick. See what you think. AP, number one, Clemson. Ohio State, two. Bama, the three. Baylor, down to four. Oklahoma State, all the way up to five. Notre Dame, six. Stanford, seven. Iowa, eight. LSU, nine. Utah, ten. What do you agree with that? And do you think the college football rankings will be similar or way different? I think they'll be similar. I think the one question is Baylor. How do you evaluate Baylor <coughs> based on their right. schedule. Now, they're going to have a tough November, so they are going to eventually play you know, tough Big 12 teams. But how do you evaluate Baylor? And then those next three, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and Stanford. So five, six, seven right now. Now, the good Ooh. thing is Stanford plays Notre Dame, so that's, that's, that's seven a positive. Play. Right, so they'll both play. They're both 8-1. And, and four one, and five are going to play. Four and five. And, and, and guess what? Oklahoma State plays – 
TCU, Baylor, and Oklahoma, I believe all three, but I think they play all three or two of them at home. Oak State, Ray, quiet as cats. Oklahoma State and Mason Rudolph. I'm a man. Wasn't that your boy? I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. Ray, can you believe the Cowboys? Shout out to Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders. They could be in the college football playoffs? Playoffs? What? Yes, quiet is kept. You know, they started off slowly, kind of under the radar, but you know what? They're undefeated. If you're undefeated. How surprised were you? Be honest. How how shocked were you on Saturday to see the the whooping they put on on our boy Trayvon Boykin, Josh Dobson, and Gary Peterson, TCU's coach? Well, Dobson got hurt, but still. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I was very surprised. I didn't expect that. I expected TCU to actually win the game. You play to win the game. But it didn't happen. And you know what? Oklahoma State, like you said, though, they control their destiny because they're playing three Big 12 opponents this this month. Not only, yeah. you know, <laughs> the month of November and, will be very interesting. And, look, Ohio State had the bye. So, you know, nothing really happened with them. I'll, I'll say they'll stay in the top four, probably at three. They, you know, were, are going to go back to JT Barrett off the – a suspension. Clemson, you know, a close game with Florida State. They had to battle, but at the end of the day, Watson, Deshaun Watson and, and, and their defense, you thought uh, Dalvin Cook was going to souffle them, uh, but then Clemson in the second half got it going and, and, and they pulled away with Florida State. What did you think about that Clemson win? You know what? Impressed with Clemson, I thought that Deshaun Watson has Ooh. got some game and 400 combined yards what does it go 299 passing yeah. and 106 Are rushing we going to see him in like New York that? Ray you think he's going to make it to New York for the Heisman I he think might. so if they if they remain undefeated at least get to the ACC championship game undefeated you got to invite this kid to he's New been York right? the, yeah. the quarterback of the undefeated number one ranked Clemson Tigers yeah you got to see him in New York especially because quarterbacks are going down, right? Uh, you know, Jared Goff started out yeah. great, but then, you know, he's kind of hit, hit the wall. And Boykin, no more. <laughs> and Boykin, maybe no more. And Ohio State can't get one quarterback right. And, you know, the kid from Baylor got hurt. And, and Kessler's losing left and right. So, yeah, I mean, you, you got to have a – it's a quarterback-driven sport, so, and you're going to have no quarterbacks in New York. Right now, if you look at the top three teams, I would say Watson, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, and maybe still Leonard Fournette. And then I wonder who else. Maybe, and we have to start to mention his name, Christian McCafferty, son of Ed, nephew of Bill from Duke, baby. This kid is leading the nation in all-purpose yards. He's a beast. And we haven't been giving him love on the show. And we got to give, I mean, you know, we're down with Stanford. Great coach. Been on our show, David Shaw. He's doing a yeoman's job. Do you think that uh, Fournette, McCafferty, those might be the five, Ezekiel Elliott, Henry, and Watson? That might be it. That might be it. That might be the squad. That's the dream team right there. Talk to me about Bama. How impressed were you? It was absurd. Very. 31 yards. You know what? Uh, the, the only <laughs> issue with Alabama is their biggest weakness is the most important position in the game is, is Coker. The more I see him, the more I'm not impressed with him. And I'm not sure he's a championship quarterback if you have to play in a, in, in a playoff. You know what I mean? So he's got to go. Think yeah. about his last three games. To win a national championship, he's going to have to beat the SEC's champion. He's going to have to beat, you know, the number two team in the nation. Let's say Alabama's three, so the number two team in the nation. And then he's going to have to beat the winner of one versus four. So those last three games are going to be against three top ten teams on neutral courts, on neutral fields. So I'm not sure Coker's the guy. I'm really, I'm not. It's going to have to be more about Henry and the defense. But what they did against LSU and Leonard Fournette, Ray, <laughs> Saban's got some boys. 
He yeah, got they them. shut him down, shut him down, shut him, shut him down. If you look at it, every level, there's NFL talent. The linebackers, the, the you know, and, and a lot of youth. He's got freshmen and sophomores that are out there playing, too. Uh, the defensive line is, you know, more upperclassmen. But I got to tell you, I'm first of all, I'm impressed with Derrick Henry. He's really – can I say he's better than Yeldon? You can. Do you do you agree though? I mean, I think he might. If we're being fair, I mean, he. You know what? I think Yeldon might be a little more explosive, um, just because uh, uh, he's a bigger back, Henry. But yeah, I, I think I think you might say that. I think you know who he is. He's the combination of T.J. Yeldon and Eddie Lacy. He's like the best of both worlds. Okay. That's fair. So let's talk about Michigan State getting knocked off, man. I mean, look, we, we give props to, you know, the other teams. But, wow, Michigan State, who neither one of us were in love with, we thought they should have lost the Michigan game. You know, and you said it would watch out alert. I, I, I looked for Indiana over Iowa. That didn't happen. But you said, hey, you never know in Nebraska. And, boy, Ray, uh, I give Nebraska a ton of credit. You know, that was a great job, you know, coach and, and just the whole program kind of really could help with recruiting. And I think that was the end of Michigan State. I don't think – I think they're kind of done out of, you know, the college football playoff. Yeah, you might be right. Um, when you look at that team, that team has been struggling the whole year to to prove themselves as a top-ten team. They were lucky to beat Michigan. They're really not that great. Connor Cook – you know, might be thinking about the NFL, but but that team is not, they're not clicking on all cylinders. So you're right. I mean, they're done. I mean, at 8-1, they'll go to a decent bowl game, but ultimately they're going to end the season, you know, ranked around 10th, 10 to 12. And you know I'm upset. Navy, big win for them. They got in the top 25 this week, uh, beat my Memphis team that I like. So out of the non-major uh, five conferences, Houston, it remains the only unbeaten and maybe still an outside shot to be in a, you know, the new year six and they're ranked 16. So kudos to Houston, who's what nine and oh, so they're playing ball. Uh, do you still have any faith in Florida who almost lost to Vandy? Could they upset Bama in the SEC title game? Yeah. You know what? I think Florida will be there. Um, that SEC East, you know, has always been uh, uh, the class of the league, except for Alabama. Now it's the other way around, right? Alabama is Alabama, Ole Miss, you know, Mississippi State. Yeah, the West is much better. The, the West East is just Florida and Georgia, and Georgia can't, can't yeah, get out there. Yeah, Florida and Georgia need to Tennessee's start holding it down. Yet. But you know what? Kudos to, to the new Florida coach picking up where Will Muschamp left off. Yeah, McIlvain, yeah. McIlvain, yeah. So so kudos to him. And, and they're for real. They're just – I mean, they, they won't beat the SEC West champion, but they're for real. All right, cool. Well, let's let's swing it over and we'll see what happens Tuesday. We'll talk about it Friday and, and some picks and some great games coming up this weekend. But let's talk NBA. Before we look at the sort of the – the the good teams. I mean, we know the Hawks and Warriors are sort of like, you know, running the show right now. Pistons up there. I want to ask you about some of these struggling, I mean, struggling teams. Obviously, someone had to win the Brooklyn-LA game, so LA won and then the Knicks beat them. But Brooklyn and Philly, zero wins. In the West, the Pelicans still have not won yet. And Sacramento is one in six. And I want to ask you, they played the Spurs tonight. Is George Carl on a short leash or one of these players being traded? I mean, this is a nightmare beginning for the Kings, who some people thought they could maybe make the eighth seed. What do you think about them? And, and then even Gentry with the Pelicans. What a bad start and injuries. Both of them are going to get fired by the end of the year. And I don't want it to happen because I don't like uh, mid-season action like that. But I think George Carl, right. the game has passed him. I think he got off to that bad start with Cousins, and he's never going to recover. I think that roster is terrible. I, you know, I, I didn't like that Sacramento Kings team. I mean, I think they have a lot of talent, but they just don't have 
chemistry. Team players and chemistry, and you know they're yeah. all individually supremely talented. But you know, either you need a point guard or a coach or somebody to pull those teams together. And Darren Collison was not the guy, and George Carl's not the guy, so they're done. And you know what? Alvin Gentry inherited a pretty good New Orleans Pelicans team. Now they're banged up a little bit, but right. any team that can put yeah, any team that can put Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, Ryan Anderson, Tyreek Evans, you know, and those guys on the court at the same time, that team should not be this bad. I mean, look, the West is the West, but you know what I mean? <laughs> this team should not be 0-6. You know what I mean? I mean what's going on? What's going on is this. I am so impressed with two teams, Utah and Detroit. And Detroit being, what, I think five or six and one. But your boy is averaging a crazy double-double. I think he's 15 or 16, maybe 17 points. But 20.3 rebounds to lead the league. Andre Drummond is incredible. Ray, 20 rebounds? Second on rebounds is 13 with uh, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, goodness gracious. Did you think that great balls of fire? <laughs> this much of a manimal with Reggie Jackson, Carta- uh, you know, Cartavius Caldwell Pope, uh, the different players, Marcus Morris, uh, Ilias Sova, the Pistons, and I told you, Stan Van Gundy, they are legit. Wow. Well, I told you, watch out for Andre Drummond. This cat is going to be a comeback, or not comeback, but most improved player and all star. You know, you could throw his name in there for MVP. I mean, this guy is just putting up yeoman stats, five and one. So they had that big. They were they were down, and then they went and beat Portland last night. They have a back to back, so they actually have a tough little, uh, you know, tough little stretch here. But I tell you what, they're playing at Golden State tonight. So, oof. so you got yeah. the five and one Detroit yeah, Pistons going up the against Titans. the seven and zero, oh, yeah, Golden Glass State Warriors, but. This Detroit team, you know what? I like to see it. I, I hate when teams are down for too long. And, and this is not getting much out of Stanley Johnson. And and you and I, I think, both agree that this guy's a, a great prospect. You know? So the, the future's looking bright for Detroit. Detroit basketball. Yeah, Stanley Johnson is, is somebody that I think will put it together. And you like what Reggie Jackson is doing. I got to say, I'm impressed also with, you know, look, forget about the Warriors. It's just, you know, it's insane. But I'm impressed with Utah and really, you know, we were questioning Atlanta and maybe we need to just say, you know what, the sort of Spurs of the East are legit, even without Damari Carroll, who's banged up for the Raptors and the Raptors are playing well. But Thiago Splitter and what the Hawks have been able to do you know, they're top of the East again. It's early, but, Ray, they um, we might need to start giving them a little bit more respect, you know? Give me I'll some respect. That. Give me some respect. So, I agree. We might need to start crafting that apology letter to the new owners of the Atlanta Hawks, including Grant Hill. <laughs> that team is good. That team is really good. We thought that the Mari Carroll lost. They couldn't overcome that. I don't know that they'll win 60. I think they're playing above their head at 7-1. and one. But yeah. you know what? That's impressive. It is impressive. Look, Toronto Bulls, you know, that's the, the top five you know, with Detroit in there. And it seems like all these guys that are in the top eight right now are probably the playoff teams, which we kind of agreed, the Bucks, the Heat, the Wizards. Um, I guess – Pacers, Orlando, and the Knicks. You wonder if either one of those teams could, could, you know, they're all like three and four, you know, could they, could they do something to improve their teams or just, you know, play better defense to then find themselves maybe, you know, for the AC. It's a long season. Boston, we both agreed, you know, not this year that what they did last year was really impressive, but now everybody's healthy again in the East. And I'm disappointed in Charlotte. They got to figure it out because they've got talent. Yeah, you know what? The the one thing is, and we're running out of time. We'll we'll definitely talk more basketball in the coming episodes. But the one thing I will say, as a Knicks fan and in general, Kristaps yeah. Porzingis, very He's impressive. 
Yes. He looks like he's the real deal. He's young. He had that little fall on his back, but he bounced right back, didn't miss any games. And you know what? He's given the Knicks some help in the front court, lets Carmelo do his thing out there, and I'm very impressed with him. I got to agree, Ray. Listen, it should be fun tonight. Watch the game for your fantasy. We'll uh, see what happens on Thursday, Jets and Bills. And we'll be, we'll be back Friday to uh, – get you ready for the sports weekend, talk some great games, NFL college, some more hoops, and probably another fly segment. Ray and Tay, thanks for listening. We are out. Have a great sports week.